I want to see what that dad bod can do out there. Not buying your banjos around the campfire. Shove them up your ass. It's football and other F words. And I'm a little, I'm a little hyped up. I'm a little giddy because I just realized that I haven't been on the podcast for like two or three weeks now. You're, you're hyped up and buttoned up. Buttoned up? Yeah, like, you're buttoned up. People they'll see, see it this, on the video. They will. They will. They will. They follow us on Twitter and follow 440 Sports. They will see you buttoned up. They absolutely will. I look like a decent human being. I have a new job, by the way. No, I'm not going to say where it is, but it is business casual. So I have to dress like that. I've been working for six years in a t-shirt and either jeans or like sweatpants or something. So I actually have to look like a decent human being now. It was very so, jarring. It was like it was like when you came into the uh, Titans suite at the game with and didn't tell anybody you had shaved. It's very jarring to see you in a button up. You immediately, you immediately want security to come and collect me. Who is this gentleman? Like, yeah, want to get him out of here. I literally told you you are never allowed to do that again. So I've been out for two weeks. I, we took a week off, and then you and Mike did a combine breakdown. And thankfully, we have come back and we've got. We got a lot to talk about, and I'm pretty excited for my first topic because not only do we get to take a dump on the Colts, we get to hate on Carson Wentz. And the more I got to know Carson, I, I guess theoretically or whatever the fuck you want to call it, the more I got to know. The more Carson, I hung out with them on the weekends at the church. More, the more we text each other a picture of guns and hunting, I uh, the more I, I grew to hate this man, and and it's just because. Carson just seems like the type of guy who just will not take any criticism, will not admit he's wrong, but he's always just got that D-bag smile on his face. Like he does not care that his failures are costing the people around him. Uh, he's been let go by the Colts and he was, I'm sorry, he was traded to the Washington football team. And that is right. I'm going to call them the Washington football team. I'm we are a pro Washington football team podcast. I am not calling them the commanders. I'm not calling them the commanders. The commanders is such a stupid name. I'm not going to call them that until enough people with the podcast get fed up and say, or maybe we just call them the commandeers. Now. Can we call them the commandeers? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I like watch the football team. I just can't just do command- it. Yeah. They commandeered a shit ass name. <laughs> so I've got kind of a whole discussion I want to go into with Carson because my whole mantra around this is Carson Wentz is the perfect synopsis of how effed up the QB market is this year, right? I mean, it's a good barometer of for all the Titans fans that were clamoring about, we got to go get somebody else. I don't care what you got to do. This all to show you just how bad the draft is. I don't care that it is Washington football team. They make terrible choices a lot, but they took the resume that Carson already has even before he showed up with the Colts and decided they wanted to trade a lot for this man. So let's start with the beginning. Let's start with this. I want to do something that I haven't done on the podcast in a while because of when we've recorded and everything. I'm popping a beer, baby. This is going to be one of those podcasts where it's just going to go off the rails. If I had a beer to open, I probably would right now, but unfortunately I don't. Um, so Frank, right. First off, what usually happens when a player gets traded or whatever, and there's any kind of tumultuous relationship behind the scenes, people with sources like to get those sources to take a dump on said player. And the 
Colts front office wasted no time. I mean, there were so many articles. I was actually trying to scramble to find a few before we got on here. But first and foremost, let me just drop this one. Frank Reich reportedly apologized to the Colts ownership for vouching for Carson Wentz. <laughs> and apparently this conversation happened the night of the loss to Jacksonville. Like that got out as soon as this man was, the ink was not dry on the trade. And they've got this Frank Reich reportedly apologized. That comes right from the front office. And let me, me say something. Let me say something. I don't think he should have had to apologize because they didn't have to do it. You know what I'm saying? Chris Ballard didn't have to listen to Frank Reich. You know, Jim Irsay didn't have to, uh, whatever he does, snort cocaine and give a two thumbs up, whatever it is he's doing over there. But, you know, G- Chris Ballard didn't have to do that. What kind of wuss of a GM is he that he can't, that he's just going to, oh, well, if my coach says it, my coach who can only do stuff with Jacoby Brissett, I'm not even going to watch the film of Carson Wentz, but I'm going to listen to this coach. He can do it, even though he's a completely broken quarterback. He'll be able to do it. Like, give me a break. I, you know who he should? They should apologize to. They should all three stand up there and apologize to the fans and apologize to D- Darius Leonard, who has now resorted to being the most thirsty bitch on Twitter, just <laughs> tagging every fucking player. Oh, please come to the Colts! Please come to the Colts! And they're just probably like mute notifications. Yeah, like, are you getting, first off, they're like, who's your quarterback? You just don't have one listed, so I'm just going to move on. It's just like, Darius Leonard is the guy, or gal, trying to get a date, and they don't own a car or have a job. (laughs) I mean, it's just not a lot going for them. Although I will say, and this is a true story, Zach, I asked a girl out on a date once years ago, okay? She was all gung-ho about going out to dinner with me. We were supposed to meet at a restaurant. And she stood me up. It's fine. Big man. It happens, right? It happens to all of us. I found out that she stood me up to go out on a date with a man that lives in his car. I oh swear my. to God, <laughs> I got stood up by a chick who went out with a guy who lives in his car or it <laughs> did at the time. And so I hope they're both happily betrothed in the backseat of the Chevy celebrity. So let me get back on track here. I, it was 1030 at night with these articles still coming out of his trade. I mean, I'm talking about people turned out the lights in the Indy front office and were still texting reporters like, oh, yeah, that reminds me of another thing about Carson Wentz. God, what a piece of shit. Let's just let's just absolutely bury this guy. But I want to go back to the comments that Jim Ursay made. You know, the, the video he released of him standing out next to his loud ass private jet and he's talking about we're going to be chips all in next season. I'm I was really people- worried that dog was going to get sucked up, uh, sucked up into the turbine. No kidding, because that's not a small jet. Like, he's literally, this guy flies around in, like, an Airbus A320. It's not a private jet. This is a private jet liner that this man flies around in, and good for him. But, you know, when he when he made the comments about chips all in, we're not letting people into the building next year who are not fully invested, all, us as a group interpreted that all the same way, which was, <laughs> dude, didn't he wouldn't even, not only would he not get vaccinated, he made a scene about not getting vaccinated and then ended up getting COVID at a pretty inopportune time towards the end of the year. That seems to have pissed Ursay off big time, right? And then number two, we for purposely watched the last episode of Hard Knocks just ready to soak and roll around into Saints fans because we knew Carson was the game had already been played. So we knew the collapse was coming. And that goofy, stupid look the man had on his face when he's walking out to shake hands, Carson's walking out to shake hands with the, with the now, you know, like what, what were they, two and 14, two and 15 Jags 
they'd only won two games. They beat the the Colts, shut them out of getting into the playoffs. And Carson's just strolling out there with a big grin on his face. Like it's off season. Hell yeah. Time to pack up and go hunting. Like dude, just no couth, no locker room presence. Absolutely. Doesn't give a shit what his teammates think. Well, I mean, apparently Darren Sproles tried to fight him in, in their time in Philadelphia. Listen, I, th- I think I'm taller than Darren Sproles. I'm not, uh, you know, exactly sure, but Carson Wentz is is like 6'3 or 6'4 or something, and Darren Sproles is wanting to fight this motherfucker. Like, give me a give me a break. And this is this is exactly what was we all said was going to happen, except for you know, there's yes. a um a large, well, not really large, but a heavy minority of people on Twitter thought, oh, this is the move. Oh, it's just like when Urban Meyer got hired. People all start freaking out. Oh, the Titans aren't going to you know, be able to contend in the AFC South. The Colts got another good quarterback and or Urban Meyer is back. And, you know, he's the most winningest coach or something and whatever fuck thing they wanted to say. But this is exactly players are who they are. Are you really scared that if Marcus comes into the Colts or as a Titans fan, are you really scared of that team? I mean, it's pretty much who he is. They they are each other. They are the spitting image of each other. And yeah. it's ridiculous. And now they're they're talking about bringing in Baker Mayfield, who his own team says they are looking for an adult at quarterback. So even if they don't get Deshaun Watson, they're wanting to move away from Baker Mayfield because he's a child who has oh. ran off Jarvis Landry, who has ran off Odell Beckham Jr., and now the Colts may be the favorites for him. Thank the Lord. Please get Baker Mayfield. I mean, this is just keeps getting worse and worse for the Colts. They have absolutely no options. They, I mean, they have them, but they're not any good. They're probably worse. I would say almost every one of them is worse option than Carson Wentz. The only option, and it's not a, even a real option that's better, is trading for Derek Carr. And Josh McDaniels ain't going to trade away Derek Carr right now he wants Derek Carr so they're kind of screwed for a couple of years because whatever quarterback they get this roster is good enough to be competitive enough to get them out of away from the top uh one of the top quarterbacks in the draft without having to mortgage their future again which they already did for Carson Wentz and Chris Ballard is an average GM he's not the GM that everybody wants to make him out to be and he's not as bad as what we probably right. seem to make people think that we think, but mm-hmm. he's, he's a, he's an average GM and people are praising him. And then you look at the Washington football team. They have gotten rid of three offensive line. Three of their starting offensive linemen are gone and they haven't even replaced them yet. What in the world are they thinking? Putting Carson Wentz behind a shitty offensive line in Washington. Both these teams made horrible mistakes so far. <laughs> I, I I just couldn't believe that people are shocked about Carson Wentz after everything that happened in the Eagles, after everything that happened in Indy, that people are shocked. And I can't believe that the Colts, I I really don't think, listen, if Chris Ballard ends up trading for Baker Mayfield and gives up more picks for shorter Carson Wentz, at that point you have to, there should be a lot of people questioning his GM validity. And, and listen, that's going to put them on the hot seat, both him and Frank Wright. So Carson, the dive back in to the evidence that was already there for Carson 
why we had such a field day with reporters and talking heads that were diving in on the Colts and their automatic AFC South win, Super Bowl appearance, whatever, by bringing this man in. Let me again deep dive into some of the crap that this man pulled with the Eagles and also some comments I found on Reddit. Yes, yes, it's a Redditor. It could be something that someone made up, but it is typed with an eloquency that I just absolutely dive into. So we're going to take it as truth on this because we can. This is from an article that was released a week ago by Bleeding Green Nation, the SB Nation uh, webpage for the Eagles. Wentz struggled with accountability in his last three seasons in Philadelphia, and it hurt his standing with teammates and coaches. But it was the torn ACL that ended his 2017 season and denied him a Super Bowl run that revealed character defects and affected him in certain corners of the locker room. Sometime before the championship game, Wentz voiced his displeasure with the Eagles' success to a group of other injured players, sources with direct knowledge of the incident said. One of the players immediately confronted him, and the two eventually had to be forcibly separated. That's Darren Sproles. So that other player is supposedly Darren Sproles from people that I saw about this article. Buried in this article is a stat for Carson last season with Colts. Wentz only had had 12 turnovers all season, but several were egregious that occurred. We inexplicably tried to shovel pass or throw left-handed when under pressure. He attempted an inexplicable 15 left-hand passes last season. 15 left-hand passes. This man decided to go chuck it, fuck it with his opposing non-dominant hand. You know what's even better is that he apparently went up and changed the plays at the line, not for approved audibles, by the way. So not like, you know, when someone, they give him a couple plays and you can audible into this, just straight up change the fucking play from out of nowhere. I am so glad you brought that up. I am so glad you brought that up. Changing the plays and everybody's confused. He's out there fucking slinging it Southpaw style. Now, this is from Reddit, and again, grain of salt, but with I the evidence- it. It's 100% it, true. Just when you hear it, it makes sense, and if it doesn't make sense, I really don't give a shit. I'm <laughs> painting it out like it's the theory of relativity. It's fact in my eyes. This is from Reddit. At my work, I work part-time as, for an NFL analytics firm. They call him Checkout Chuck Wagon. <laughs> he checked out of more offensive plays that Frank Wright called than any other quarterback in the last 15 years. When I say checked out, That's qualified as he didn't go to the second play that they called. He called a completely different play at the line of scrimmage based on his vast knowledge, vast knowledge, quote unquote. I wish I felt bad for the Washington commanders, but we can, we can't be the only people who knew that. Now someone questions him and says, all right, how do you know what the second play was going to be? That seems a little facetious. He goes on to comment. Oh my gosh. I've just lost it. The coaches look at everything, including formation, blocking, Pattern of the lineman, blocking assignment, strange defensive reaction. The most telling sign is when he moves the receivers around in an attempt to exchange the relationship between the defensive back and the wide receiver. I kept track of who was lined up against who at the break of the huddle. And when I have to do a second, or when he has to do a second lineup after he shifted everyone, I can tell you that the success ratio of those plays are not very high. However, I'm not skilled enough for all the to know all the reasons why. Usually a second play when they call in the huddle requires no formation change or is very little movement on the offensive part. 
really good quarterbacks like Brady, Rogers, or Allen, it's almost impossible to tell when they've called a second play based on the cadence of the alignment of the offense. It was definitely not that way for the Indianapolis Colts. Now an Eagles fan chimes in and says, I'm so glad you brought this up. I was screaming for years in game threads about this motherfucker lighting up, yelling, kill, kill, kill. Now, that brought up to another point. This is why I was telling you before the podcast, I laid in bed for two and a half hours reading this shit. Go, you can literally Google Carson Wentz, kill, kill, kill. And there is multiple YouTube videos of people who put together, basically documented every time this guy has gone into kill formation and almost all the plays look like a complete fucking disaster. So again, someone could have went out of their way to just completely make this shit up, but he soured a relationship with Doug Peterson by doing this. Frank Reich was supposed to be his quarterback whisperer and Frank got tired of him after a season because he was doing it to supposedly his best buddy, best quarterback whisperer. And now he's going to go do this for riverboat Ron dude. Ron may shoot him at half field. I was about to say Ron's going <laughs> to choke slam that guy, that bitch because there's no way. Why are coaches letting the player do it? I mean, at some point, I mean, like, it's it's kind of crazy to me that a, a coach, you think Mike Vrabel would allow Ryan Tannehill to do that that many times before he just straight up choke slammed him through a wall? Like, interceptions are one thing. Completely just killing plays and coming up with new plays at the line once you the huddle's broken, and then throwing 15 times left-handed, like, Mike Vrabel would be, some, you know, hitting some kneecaps. I mean, give me a break that Frank Reich is some good coach. I don't think he's a good coach. He's they're 41 and 40 under Chris Ballard and Reich's not much better. He has to have a proven uh, quarterback. And let me say something. Jimmy G is not a proven quarterback because Kyle Shanahan ain't coming with him. Like, give me a break about this fucking team and fuck Carson Wentz. And he's going to a team that have a lot of fantasy players on that. I was hoping to trade and now I can't fucking trade him because there's Carson Wentz. <laughs> My favorite comment to kind of wrap up his whole shit about Chuck out Chuck Wagon or whatever this guy called him. He's a Colts fan. Yeah, this has been my gripe with him the whole time, talking about kill, kill, kill. He wants to be the hero. The problem is he's completely incapable of pulling it off. I'll never forget watching that game against the Titans in overtime with a wide-open JT for a first down. This throw-happy half-wit chucks it right into triple coverage. This dude is dumb. D-U-M-B dumb. <laughs> I love it. It's I, I'm going to miss Carson Wentz because, I, I mean, too. it was an automatic win, but now we can maybe get Baker Mayfield and just have a fucking field day. Listen, if Baker Mayfield, an Oklahoma University uh, alumni, goes to the Colts, Mike's going to be on the show almost every week. I mean, in fact, Mike may have to record <laughs> segments to send it to us because he hates the Colts and he hates the Oklahoma. There's going to be no one that is going to give us better rants than Baker Mayfield, than uh, on Baker Mayfield than Mike Herndon. But it just to wrap it up, like it needs to be said again, you've said it multiple times, the QB market for 2022 is a, it's a mess. It's an absolute mess. Washington football team had to give up a bunch of draft capital to pick up the aforementioned moron we've been describing for the last 20 minutes. Tr Mitch Trubisky just signed a two-year deal with Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh took one look at this QB class and said, Nah, give us that dude from Chicago who is a complete anomaly. We have no idea what to expect out of the guy. Now, Indy's choices are 
what's what did he say his middle name was? I didn't even know that Baker Mayfield had a middle name. Reagan is it Baker Reagan yeah. Mayfield? Reagan. So their choices are Ronald Reagan Mayfield, Marcus Mariota, who Titans fan, normal Titans fans know what all about that, or Jimmy Garoppolo. That's your three choices. And I just don't think it's going to be Jimmy G. I really think and it's going to come And you have to down. give up draft picks for yeah. two of them. Like, that's and, the and thing, is that you're giving up draft picks, <clears throat> more draft picks for two of them. The Carson Woods trade is a bad trade, and he did not finesse the Washington football team because you got to take into account what the other team did. That's like going to a car dealership with, your, with a 2020 Yukon and – trading it to save some money or think that you're going to be able to restore a, uh, let's say a 2004 Pontiac G6. I'm going to restore this 2004 Pontiac G6. Okay. You traded in, you brought Chris Ballard with you and that's what you did. And then you go back to the car dealership with Chris Ballard and take that Pontiac G6 and trade it away for a, a slightly better, you know, 2010, you know, Chevy Equinox. That's what you did. Guess what? You still are a fucking idiot for trading away the 2020 Yukon. It's it's just it's a mess. It goes right back to what I bet everybody's volume is like going up and down in <laughs> the car because I, I I could tell I'm going really up and then I just am just being really loud. So hopefully I'll be able to do that post-production. Sorry, people that are constantly turning the knob. Someone in their Pontiac G6 thinks that their audio <laughs> yeah. is going out. I their pioneer I just, audio system. I, I can't get enough about the Carson stuff. If you want to read some of these threads, the one specifically with the Reddit commenter I was talking about is under a thread called, um, and I closed it. Well, excuse me. Anyways, I don't even, I don't even have it pulled up for you to talk. I'm sorry. Frank Reich reportedly apologized to the front office right after the law. So if you find the Frank Reich thread, it's buried in there. This guy goes into even more detail. He sounds legit. If he's not legit, he's speaking like a man who eloquently makes stuff up with a lot of intelligence, but I just don't know what else to say. It's it's a perfect storm of glorious news for me of someone who, who thinks that Carson's a moron. We think Carson is a moron. It's crapping all over the Colts. And even better for the Colts, they don't have a lot of choices at quarterback, and they certainly don't have any draft capital to give up. So Marcus Mariota, here we come. Woo! <laughs> Him or Jameis Winston? Like, okay, big whoop. Who gives a shit? Before we talk about free agency, I do want to throw out there, again, this podcast is part of the 440 Network. There are other podcasts out there. You've got the Gold Standard. They've been obviously drenched. And Philip Forsberg talks, you know, should they go for it? Should they trade him? That, that's been the hot topic on the Gold Standard. The Fringe Element has been talking about uh, ESPN's, or had on ESPN, Chris Patola, um, taking a deep look at the SEC tournaments. Obviously, March Madness, by the time you start listening to this, March Madness will be live. Um, you got club and country, you got lame screen. And of course you have us. So 440, check them out. A lot of damn good podcasts there. Um, very good, very good recordings you want to check out. So we are in the middle of free, free agencies act. Now I purposely coming into this, I've kept up with who the free agents are, what the Titans have been doing, but I, I also purposely did not read a lot of Titans Twitter reaction because just based on the list, it's somewhat not great size and the names that are on it i can almost picture in my mind what the reaction is on twitter uh so let's start from the top um the titans have signed aj moore uh and i'm sorry i've lost the other two here hold on, hold on. before you get started i want to talk about the strategy of free agency <clears throat> from when we were recording on wednesday wednesday afternoon 
14 days ago, two weeks ago, John Robinson sat on a bench with reporters all around him inside the combine, heartfelt, talking about the trust in the fans that or the trust from the fans, the love from the fans, the trust from Amy Adams drunk in into him and talking about falling short of winning the Super Bowl. And that is his goal to win a Super Bowl. Now, I'm all okay with that whole video. And, you know, I didn't really, I didn't share it. I retweeted it, but I didn't share it with my own, um, I guess you could say, commentary on it. Because I feel that in those human moments, it's a little weird to try to capitalize, you know, a little bit of clicks for it. I mean, the media is a little bit different, but, you know, these other accounts that people follow for whatever reason, you know, some of some of the accounts, you know, they they say this and they they throw it hashtag trust in J Rob or and then they'll create a little video or a little podcast or go put their tweets out and they say, <laughs> oh, you know, I'll lay off Ryan Tannehill and you know trust in J Rob and I'm gonna lay off on Ryan Tannehill. I trust him. You know this guy really cares. Blah blah blah. Two weeks later, hell, it was even one week later before when all the Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson stuff was going down and people already were those same people were bashing Ryan Tannehill and making all these fucking podcasts or videos. I mean, a new podcast pops up every day. I saw another v- a video one that popped up today that just can't, I, I don't even know what the name is. It's a, They're all the same. They all blend together. Often imitated, never duplicated, am I right? So right. the you get to it and you see these videos and people whining and crying. And then two weeks later, it's like they're firing J-Rob already. <clears throat> but yeah. you, you know why? Because they see the Jaguars spend all this fucking money. The Jaguars have spent over 200 mil, uh, two, yeah, wait a minute, try to count. 200,000, <laughs> I was going to say 200 million, but I don't think that's right. I don't know. They spent over a lot of money on free agents, okay? They're the first, they've spent the most out of any teams. They have spent the most on free agents. Let me take you back in time to 2021. They spent the third most. They were three and 14. In 2020, they spent the 10th most, and they were one and 15. In 2019, they spent the sixth most, six and 10. Pretty big. That's pretty big for the Jacksonville Jaguars. In 2018, they were the ninth most, five and 11. If you want to, you know who spends all the big money on day one of the legal tampering window and negotiating window are are loser-ass teams. Do you really think that this team would be better if they paid Christian fucking Kirk over $20 million a year? He's on a two-year, $40 million contract. Christian Kirk, who has never had a 1,000-yard season. And this is what you this is what you're all you got FOMO because the G, Jacksonville Jaguars. Look, just be a Jacksonville Jaguars fan because I fu- I'm fucking sick of it. All these losers who overreact, who 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 can't pick a lane and stay in it. Right? I love this team. This I got tattoos or I got these shirts. Look at all these jerseys. Look at these pictures on the wall. You know, I go I got regular season tickets and I got postseason tickets and you know, you know whatever. You know, I've been a fan for this long. You can't call me a fair weather fed. I don't have to be in Nashville, blah, blah, blah. 
but they they're 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 fair weather fans because they just blow with the wind. And I'm sick of it. They're they're you're they're losers is what they are. I mean these these guys can get on here and they can call other people idiots, but then they get a little butt hurt if someone calls them a loser. Well, look, I'm not here to be your friend. I'm here to keep it real. This is what he's typically always does, right? I mean, look at it this way. Christian Kirk is $20, $20 million a year. Zay Jones is around $10 million a year. And they're paying Marvin Jones about $7 million. And then they're paying Evan Ingram $10 million. That's about a combined, you know, roughly like $47 million. Meanwhile, Mike Evans, Cooper Cup, and Stephon Diggs all equal $46.7 million. So you're paying those four guys the same that other teams are paying, you know, another, these all-star wide receivers. But that's who they want to be. They want to be the big spenders in free agency. Even though the Titans technically don't have the money, they can make it. But it's, it's about spending money within reason having common sense they negotiate oh my gosh it would here here it is 229.5 million dollars as of march 14th and then they signed a cornerback that plays on the outside that was an undrafted free agent for 30 million dollars today and guess what they already had two starting corners on the outside they have no slot corner but hey but hey at least they're making moves lebowski because that's that's what everybody wants everybody wants to make moves you know that that's that's what they got to see. The The thing about it is, is that John Robinson, he just does not make these moves very quickly. And I get it. Some people are going to be a little pissed. But when you look at 2016, 2017, 2018, and 2020, he doesn't make these big splash moves day one of legal tampering window or for legal negotiating window, wherever you want to call it. Like, give me, I'm just, I'm just sick of it. Like, I'm just I so, it, it's, you are lucky that you have not been on Twitter because it's the same people who have these followings that shouldn't have followings that keep saying the most idiotic, stupid shit. And when anybody tries to call him out on it, he just, no, no response. When anybody ever tries to call anybody out on something on Twitter, there's no thoughtful response. It's either well, I'm a f- basically what they're saying is I'm a fucking idiot who doesn't know anything about football, so I can't have an intelligent response back to you and have a conversation. I'm just going to call you the idiot. That's right. what they're it's always saying. here comes the haters and yeah, yeah. No, the the reason why you all tune in and listen to us, at least I hope, is that between my bouts of idiocy and losing track of things, like a cat trying to follow a laser pointer, we try to give you thoughtful, truthful breakdown and analysis but we also admit when we're wrong that is true yeah we admit when we're wrong we admit when you know we stand up for robinson and he makes a move that probably should have been made or vice versa listen we're gonna have to talk a little bit about some bad moves robinson's made it's okay for sure but it's not over i mean everybody's acting like day one is it it's over season's over look at look at the success of your tennessee titans for the last five years and compare that to how quiet free agency is for the Titans every single year. These people and the front office, specifically John Robinson, know what they're doing. Freaking relax. It does just going out and signing big names or signing big contracts does not mean you're actually doing anything. Okay. And Mike Vrabel's first year, okay, that was 2018. Because I went back and looked at, you know, all the little transactions that happened and everything. 
we was this the year where is that oh well i'll say this okay so in 2018 this is not what i was technically looking for we didn't sign an unrestricted yeah here it is march 15th i think is when free agency started so keep that in mind around march 15th maybe earlier is when 2018 free agency officially opened the tennessee titans did not sign a free agent until March 29th. So almost two weeks later. And that was Kevin Pampfile. <laughs> like oh. it was a somewhat random guard and they barely did anything. And you know what they did that year? Nine and seven. This roster is a lot better than that year. I'm just saying season's not over just because you want it to be because you got to suck on your pacifier and hold your key key cut tight, your little security <clears throat> blanket because you didn't get Aaron Rodgers or you didn't get Russell Wilson or, oh, we didn't pay, you know, Christian Kirk, you know, $100 million. We should have done that because, hey, at least we're making moves. Hey, it's Give it's me infuriating. I mean, that I didn't even get to touch on that, and we're not going to go, go back down that rabbit hole, but look what teams gave up to deal with Russell Wilson. Look what the, you know, look what the uh, Patriots, or the Patriots, my God, listen to what the Packers had to pay Aaron Rodgers to get, and, Dude, I think you and I probably agree on this. They're going to get one more year out of Aaron Rodgers. That dude is one foot they, out the door. If they lose, the, if they don't make it to the Super Bowl, at least make it. I guarantee you that guy's probably gone. Dude's got his dude's got his work shirt half off. Name tag's been off the shirt for six months. He doesn't give a shit. So spare me this whole, the Titans didn't do enough to go get two star quarterbacks. He was not leaving green Bay. I don't care how many fucking houses or pieces of land he built in, in middle Tennessee. And Russell Wilson is not as good as you think. And they just had to give up more money than God and picks to get him. So I, I don't want to, I don't want to hear it. Hey, so, let let me sorry. say, let me say this. These, these fans, um, uh, and they're, vo- and in my opinion, I call them the vocal minority because I, I, I feel like not and every, are. and I think, uh, I think a lot of that has to do with, the intelligence of broadwaysportsmedia.com for 40 sports and this podcast. I'm taking all the credit. These people act like one week they're ready to propose to John Robinson and they are going to, you know, they would post to post a million dollars bell. They would, you know, they would take a bullet for him and turn around and act like John Robinson walked into their house, took a piss on their Tyrone Calico Jersey, ate all their pizza and tipped over all the cows on their farm. Like that's what, these people are acting like just he is just taking his chewed up dip and just spitting it right in their fucking face. And, you know, what? I wish he would, to be honest with you, like in one of those uh, Dilopidosauruses or whatever, the spitters from Jurassic Park to spit right in their eyes, dip spit, because that's what they do. That's what they deserve. I'm, I'm sick of it. And, and, and listen, they're not as bad. I mean, they are horrible. And there's another segment of this fan base is not as bad. And that's the people that are overhyping the 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 just guys the role players i'll uh, i'll i'll say this out there max williams like we're hyping mike's william max williams oh he signed with the cardinals oh he would have been perfect in this system and and this is that just buck because that's a direct shot at buck but mike herndon said the same thing dude that's missed 40 percent of the games or something like that like he doesn't even fucking play give me a break about hyping these guys and where there's a lot of just guys on here, and I'm not going to give them a lot of hype and not a lot of fluff. It's just, to me, I am at the point in my fandom and doing these podcasts and actually talking to Mike, talking to you, talking to other people, 
guys are just guys. I know you need them on your roster. You can't have all elite players, but don't don't try to you know fluff them and give me some kind of like you know this thing that you're worried about this or that oh he's really good at this. He's just a fucking dude that's coming to play some football, and you just hope he doesn't fuck up. That's what you're really hoping for with some of these guys. <clears throat> Quit trying to hype them up. I'm t- I'm sick of it. I'm sick of everybody. Why do I even do this podcast? <laughs> There's going to be a few that listen to this and, and say, we'll name names. There's a reason why we don't name names on here. I know people are a fan of that. I know you want us to specifically go out and call out Twitter handles and podcasts. The reason why we don't want to do it. Because A, that's usually exactly what these people want. That's exactly what these, these terrible podcasters and terrible Twitter users want is for you to give brand recognition to the crap that they sow out. Don't get stuck in echo chambers. Don't just agree and follow people on social media because they say the fluffy, happy, uh, unsubstantiated crap you want to hear. Get outside your body. I'm not telling you you have to listen to us or you even have to take our shit and peddle it to other people and say how badass football under their F-words is. Share with people and say it's terrible. Do whatever you want, but find someone who gives you information but doesn't just spoon feed it to you to make you feel better. By the way, I if you're name, listening to this I'll, podcast this. five years in just to feel better, yeah. you're kind of in the wrong place. <laughs> I name names on people that I know that can take it. And yes. that I, I also respect. I, I name we we me and Braden did 440 this week and we talked about uh volunteer fans and you know how much they are they are the worst fan base ever. And I because I brought up Zach Reagan and Chad Wither. I'm not afraid to name names, but I'm only gonna give it to people that I know they can either a take it or B I can have a dialogue with that right. is an intelligent dialogue. I, or, or friends. I have tried to meet so many people. You know, what's happened right now is that I've muted people and because other people retweet them or like them or share them because Twitter messed with the timeline. Yep. They're showing up. I'm like, no, no I no, muted you- these people. Why are they back here? Well, it's unfortunately people follow so many bad accounts that when you mute one and they keep retweeting all of a sudden your Twitter feature eyes up. Are you yeah. spilling beer all over yourself? It, it's all foamed up. It's all foamed up. <laughs> all right, look, damn it. We got free agency to actually discuss. So you and I have been on a 20-minute rant now. Um, AJ Moore, Trenton Cannon, Jamarco. Yes, Jamarco Jones. Give me a rundown of those three kind of quickly. They're, they're all just role players. They're just guys. If you're going to come in here and hype up that Trenton Cannon's a special teams ace, well, there's going to be a clip that you're the one of the first things that you Google Trenton Cannon kick return where he's just fumbling the fuck out of a Seattle Seahawks punt. <laughs> he's not the third down running back. He is just a guy. They're just securing just guys at this point because their roster, it's bad in some places and they're probably negotiating because unfortunately there's not a webcam on John Robinson following him everywhere. So I know that everybody doesn't thinks oh, he's not God. doing anything, but he's just a guy. <laughs> so Trent Cannon's here, big whoop. Give me a break. He's gone. Jamarco Jones. He's replacing Kendall lamb. He's a garden, a tackle. He sucks. He probably won't start. <laughs> and if he does starts because there's a bunch of injuries that happen. And then AJ Moore is actually really good. And I, I've already seen people once again throw out PFF grades like they mean a fucking lick of sense. AJ Moore is not here to play defense. AJ Moore is a special teams guy. 
He is a special teams ace. If you bother to actually do your research before spouting off, he's actually a really good special teams player. And that's what he's here for. And he's here for cheap. It doesn't fucking really matter. None of these guys, AJ Moore has the best chance to make an impact on a play weekly because he's on special teams, but that's it. They're just guys. Don't try to fluff them up to me. Don't try to call one a special teams ace and this and that. A.J. Moore actually is. Trenton Cannon was some Pro Bowl alternate. Like, who gives a fuck about a Pro Bowl alternate? I, I really don't care about any of these guys. They all suck. I, who gives shit? There's your analysis. That's good analysis. You know why? Because that's honest analysis. The Pro Football, to me, PFF <laughs> now. PFF is the, it's the J.D. Power Award. It sounds impressive, and they give that shit to everything and everyone. Well, it's like the Better Business Bureau. You know, we were talking shit about uh, Jeff Swayman. We'll be talking a lot of shit about Jeff Swayman. Yes. Um, is I that next? listen as our notes as that idiot tied in we resigned. But, you know, speaking of PFF grades, you know, Justin Graver, you know, I said something about Jeff Swayman. Justin Graver gets in. He shows, like, his past blocking grade. I let it slide because it supports my argument, but it doesn't, you know, I don't care about BFF grades, but I'm not going to let it slide. <laughs> Roger Saffold is cut, signed by the Bills. I did, this was about the only piece of, of Titans Twitter news that I got to see reaction to. Kind of a mixed bag reaction. A lot of people say, oh, we let him go. He was immediately picked up. He was immediately picked up. So that means he was needed. So I, you know, it's hard to gauge what people actually think about him, but I kind of feel like, I mean, he's injury prone. Is that is that safe to say? Would you safe to say he's injury prone? There is a tweet I put out, and he, he I guess, injury. Yeah, I would say injury prone. Injury conducive. Yeah, <laughs> he's very receptive to being on the ground at some point. <laughs> right. It, yeah. The there is a distinct decline. From uh, Ben Baldwin put out the pass blocking efficiency, and he put it in a bar in a uh, dotted line graph. What do they call those? Line, just a line graph. Yeah. Okay. Sure. And sure. <laughs> there's a steep, steep drop over these last three mm-hmm. years, and it was apparent on the field. The Buffalo Bills fans think they got the steal of the off season, and they think that yep. Josh Allen is finally protected. Yeah. Good luck because Roger Saffold is going to get his ass on the ground by Jeffrey Simmons pretty easily. And I love what Saffold brought to the team. So I know a lot of people are going to say, well, you know, oh, he hates Saffold and blah, blah. It was an obvious cut. It was totally going to happen. But he is a horrendous, he's just, his body is betraying him. And he can't, he can't help that, right? You cannot help when your body yeah. starts betraying you over time. So it's not to any, it's not a technique. It's not his technique. It's not his mentality. It's not his attitude. It's just he, he physically cannot pass protect in this scheme anymore. And it was very apparent. And now he's going to Josh Allen and Josh Allen likes to extend plays. I don't think, I actually think this is kind of like a negative move. It's great if they were ever going to turn into a running team, but this team doesn't really run the football. It's not known for it. And that's what Saffold does. It'll be very interesting to see if his career bounces up, but I don't think it will may maybe better than this year, but that's not saying much to be honest with you. Do you want to talk about Jeff Swain next? Or do you want to talk about Jack rabbit? You want, let's I do Jack rabbit down. Let me get Jack rabbit. Let me come back. Down. Yeah. Let's do Jack before we get into Jeff Swain. 
So Jackrabbit's out the door. He's out the door. Again, uh, pretty much Saffold and Jackrabbit were like, you knew they were going to get cut because you needed to get under the tight Tennessee Titans need to get under the cap. Jackrabbit's not as bad as everybody wants to make him out to be. Uh, Blaine Bishops apparently said on, see, I can name names. Blaine Bishop said uh, the other day that he's always, he's always hated Jackrabbit. And maybe hated is a little bit loose of a term, but he's, he's never, was never impressed with Jackrabbit. Jackrabbit was pretty damn good. I mean, for, for the majority of the season, Jackrabbit was pretty damn good. And I think I think uh, Coach McGinnis, Dave McGinnis, he would agree as well. But I, I, I'm not sad that he's gone. There will be a replacement for him, and you hope that's Caleb Farley. But there will probably be a supplemental, a veteran to supplement Caleb Farley, just in case something were to happen. And if he's gone, he's gone. But you saw throughout the year with this team, Greg Maben step up, Breon Border step up in certain spots. Uh, Buster Screen step up at certain spots. All these guys step up when either Chris Fulton was out or Jack, Jack Rabbit was out. And they all performed really well because the pass rush is good. And so, in my opinion, you don't have to be paying a guy $6 million a year to, or I think he was $7 million, $7 million a year this year to, to keep him on the team. It was just, you know, Again, much like Roger Saffold and much like other players that are not on the team, he was great for when he was here, but it's understandable because the NFL is a business. Okay, let's talk about your boy, Jeff Swaim. Of all the, I really, really thought, and we have been saying this repeatedly, is immediately as soon as the Titans were out of the playoffs, hey, this tight, at least we know this tight end room is not coming back, right? Well, damn it, someone not only left the back door open and let these dogs run wild in the kitchen again, we paid one of them. What did they pay Jeff Swain? I cannot find his contract details for the life of me. Uh, oh, I just closed it out, too. Um, so more than they should have. Yeah, it was a, 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 a 3.5 or 3.25. It, it was something like that. Why? Zach, why? I literally can't figure out why the Titans are doing this. Well, you know, when the announcement was made, a lot of people said he looked like Travis Kelsey. And maybe that's what the Titans think they have. <laughs> Travis Kelsey. Like. Um, I, I am. This is goes back to me talking about Max Williams and paying just guys. I'm definitely afraid that the next announcement for this tight end position is going to be Anthony Ferkser, because then we we may have to have you may have to put me into rehab for alcoholism because i will be done i mean it will it will just kill me it will kill me if this is this is anthony ferguson jeff swain and a rookie okay it will just it will just murder my soul and <laughs> i don't get it because he's not a very good blocker he's not a good pass catcher you're talking about a guy that had 210 yards and three touchdowns as the tight end one. Okay? You can make the argument that, well, he's not supposed to be the tight end one. That's not where his talent lies. Well, that's how this team treated him all through the offseason last year. And I said that this team is very comfortable with Michael Pruitt, Anthony Ferkser, Jeff Sway. And then when the depth chart came out, 
Buck said, and he made light of it, no way that, you know, Jeff Swaim is, don't freak out over the Jeff chart. Jeff, Jeff Swaim is not tied in one. And I said on this podcast, yes, he is. <laughs> he is, his team's tied in one. <laughs> and sure enough, they give him a, they not only re-signed him, they gave him a raise. What in God's green earth did these, did John Robinson and the tight end coach and all them see that wanted to give this guy a raise? Now, listen, it's not a lot of money in the big scheme of things. It's also not the end of them doing something with the tight end position. Right. Right. In the big scheme of things, not a lot of money. But why are you giving someone that much guaranteed when you could probably find someone that's a little bit better at their job? Because he can't block, he can't catch, unless he's flipping burgers on the sidelines and they are just fucking phenomenal. I don't know what he does that you would pay him $3.5 million to do because he's not good at any of it. And if he's tied in three, this is all for nothing, right? Like if he's just tied, he's on the team because it's fully guaranteed for whatever fucking reason. Like this agent, yeah, he's, he's getting through game. I want to know what this agent is because next time I'm buying a house, I'm taking that guy to the negotiating table because I'm somehow going to buy a house and I'm going to get paid for it. Like that's how good this agent is. It's utterly ridiculous. I'm just, I cannot stress enough. Jeff Swain is a tight end three, borderline tight end two. And let me say something. Some guy tried to get on Twitter with me. He said, well, name, name, name one other tight end three in the NFL in 2021 that got three touchdowns. Well, he stepped to the wrong person because I named three of them. <laughs> so, and they need to, of course, change the subject. You know, right. move the goalposts. But give me a fucking break that this guy's 210 yards, three touchdowns, and he's a bottom-of-the-barrel blocker. He is a tight end three. That's why he. That's why the Cowboys ended up choosing Blake Jarwin over <laughs> Jeff Swain, which are the, both the worst names ever in football. I feel like too. Like, give me a break, Jeff Swain, Grade A certified USDA Wagyu loser. Okay, would you take Austin Hooper over Jeff Swain? I would take Austin Hooper, and I would let him punch me in the face if I meant Jeff Swain was off this team. Okay, are the Titans, are you afraid the Titans are going to go into the draft looking for uh, a tight end uh, that's going to start? Or what are we doing? Well, that's that's kind of my concern. I mean, it's a long ways to that. And there's still sure. quality tight ends to go. I just hate that Jeff Swim's on the scene. <laughs> it's what really what we're about to. I don't have Rashawn Evans anymore to channel my hate towards. So now I have Jeff Swain, but Jeff Swain is now public enemy number one for Zach Lyons at Edward Spot on Twitter. He is he is a worthless tight end for this team because he can't do anything. This team wants to run. He can't fucking run block. This team wants to pass. He can't pass block, and he definitely can't pass catch passes. Only thing he does that's well and as that is good is that. He has treated his body to a point where it's so he doesn't get injured. And that that's it. He's just available. He is literally the girl when the lights come up at the bar at 3 a.m. Oh, he's that girl. 
He's just available. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that ended a little more kosher than I was afraid it was going to. And by the way, I'm looking at all the free agent tight ends. Why is everyone the age 27 or 34? Is this some kind of cursed <laughs> it's age cursed. group for tight for tight ends? <laughs> uh, last one. Would you take 35 year old Jimmy Graham over Jeff Swain? Oh, that's a tough one. That's a, that's a border. I, I don't have any love for Jimmy Graham. Yeah, that's a borderline yes, just for a. Just to just to bolster your your yeah. hatred for the man. Yeah, uh, borderline. It's not by much. Uh, Deontay Foreman out. This seemed to rankle Titans fans uh, pr- pretty heavily. I, I was able to hear a little. I listened to to Buck's show today. The, I listened to the Lucas Panzinka show featuring Buck Rising today, um, and uh, they got into a little bit. Titans fans seem to be pretty upset by the fact that Foreman is gone. He's now in Carolina. Have the Titans fans forgot that we still at least have a couple of good years out of, oh, I don't know, Derrick Henry? Well, I, I here's where I land on Deontay Foreman. And he was awesome for fill-in duty. Yes. And and let me say for the record before you go to that, I hate to see him go. I truly do. I, I actually, I hate that they got rid of him, but I get it. Yeah. I mean, you can find, you can find cheap, running backs that can do more for your offense than Deontay Foreman. Deontay Foreman is there if Derrick Henry goes down. He's not there for third downs. He's not there for special teams. He's not there to catch the ball because he's not good at any of those. And let me say this. While Derek, while Deontay Foreman got 500-something yards on his own, uh, he could have had more if he was an actually fucking good running back, like he had the worst vision of a lot of any running back that's really came through and people forget. I mean, this guy could not read a, a duo run to save his fucking life. I mean, he was, he couldn't see a hole. The hole could be as wide as a garage door and he would fucking miss it. Now that's not to say he didn't do a lot of good things. But there were obvious flaws that meant that he was not a starting running back in the NFL, and he wants the opportunity. We have no clue how the Titans approach the negotiation with Deontay Foreman, if they sure. even did. We, do, we don't know. At least if it has been reported, I've totally fucking missed it. So we don't know. And let me say this. CMC, Christian McCaffrey, has been well-known publicized on Twitter that he's on the trading block and Chubba Hubbard sucks. <laughs> he, he, he just does. I'm, I'm sorry. These people who think Chubba Hubbard's good. <laughs> that was in my mentions. He was not good. He's a flash in the pan was not good. Deontay Foreman is better than Chubba Hubbard. Chubba Hubbard is your third down running back. Deontay Foreman is your first and second down running back. Okay. So we'll get that out of the way. If Christian McCaffrey is traded, for Deshaun Watson, isn't it better for Deontay Foreman to be there in Carolina than be back here? And he's getting eight to ten touches. Like these eight to ten touches that he's going to get, let them go to someone that can catch the ball out of the backfield. Let them go to AJ Brown or any of the other wide receivers to pass catchers the Titans end up with. Like these people who complain, it's funny to me. Because people complain that this is a run-first team, right? But they don't want to evolve. They, they're happy Jeff Swaim's back because they don't want to invo- evolve the passing game, even though they're going to complain about it. And they're sad that Deontay Foreman, you know, left. But they 
don't understand that maybe those touches could go to A.J. Brown. I don't know. I mean, like, I'm, I'm a, I get that Deontay Foreman was turned into a fan favorite and he did earn a roster spot somewhere. Are you really upset that Deontay Foreman, who's getting paid $2 million with, you know, Carolina versus, hey, Leonard Fournette's out on the free agent market. He got paid $3.25 million last year. Leonard Fournette, who got 10 total touchdowns and averaged over 90 yards per game total over Deontay Foreman, and there was a one point, you know, there's like a .75 difference or 1.25 difference or whatever. Is that really, I mean, is this really what we've come down to is that we're going to, you know, get all upset over after every little running back that comes in here in our really good running block, running block, run blocking offensive line. Easy for me to say run blocking offensive line makes them look good because that's what is really happened with Deontay Foreman is that our line made him look good. It's not like how Henry is. Give me a break. I'm just sick of it. Well, and plus, and I hate it because I like Deontay Foreman. I wish he was here. And you're kind of you're kind of burying the bigger news about running backs is that the Titans got rid of Derek Devins. I mean, <laughs> oh, we didn't even put that on the list because I forgot I know, about I mean, Twitch Boy. It just I forgot about, about Mr. Call of Duty. It's Livzy or whatever his name is on Call of Duty. I mean, the more I that man played on Madden more than he ever saw the football field. I, I let's move on. I don't want to talk about Derrick Jones. Yeah. <laughs> ben Jones resigned his center. I like this move because. I, again, I don't think I'm saying anything that a more intelligent football fan doesn't understand, but that quarterback center relationship, keep that normal if nothing else. And it's such a cheap deal when you look at everybody else that's been signed on the offensive lineman. I mean, you're talking about uh 3.4 cap hit this year and sure he's going to have a big cap hit next year, but don't you still want Ben Jones next year unless something's, you know, drastically bad happens. Ben Jones was the heart and soul of this line. He was the most consistent player on the offensive line. It was a no-brainer. And all the people that were just as the top or the clock ticked down that were just scared. They were, I mean, they were, they were, you know, shivering on their bed under the sheets like a fucking tornado was coming through. Mike Herndon was one of them. Uh, Justin Mello was one of them. They were fucking freaking out. And me and Justin Graver are just sitting there like, dude, it's going to happen. It's, and if it doesn't happen, it would have been okay, right? Because there was other centers you could get. Bradley Bozeman is still out there for, for crying out loud. There are other centers that provide you with what Ben Jones said. Ben Jones was my top choice, but it wasn't the end of the world if he didn't sign. And I am so glad that he's back, though, because that means that the Titans do not have to draft a center this draft. Okay. It's off the table. Please do listen. I guess technically it's not off the table, but I plead to the Tennessee Titans, please do not draft a center the, really high. Now, if you want to get someone like Dylan Parham that can play both and he's proven that with, through the senior bowl, then please go by all means do it. Do not spend a first round pick on a center. I'm I'm just very, very happy, very relieved with both the contract and that Ben Jones is back. But if he wasn't back, it would have been all right. And we would have been okay. The shocker as of we are recording this at Wednesday, 530. So, you know, possibly something else could happen, but uh, the Titans have parted ways with Julio Jones. I kind of was not, I guess I'm not surprised, but it's, 
It's a bit of a stutter. I think you were kind of hoping that it would work out differently. Yes, for sure. It it could have. They could have restructured him. What this screams to me is that there's something on the medicals with his hamstrings that they're they just can't. They Very can't, first thing I thought of. They just can't do anything with the money that makes sense other than cut him with the post-June 1st designation. That means all of the money that you save is available June 2nd. Strategy-wise, it's it, it makes a – outside of the injury, strategy-wise in the big picture, you have now cre- you have now a hole for wide receiver two, a wide receiver three, and it, you still got your two tight ends you got to fill because Jeff Swain is not tied into motherfuckers. And you got all this, and you still have a right tackle situation or a left guard situation because you don't know what Dylan Radens is, right? They don't know what he is. It could be both because they don't even know if he's a starter. We have no clue what he is because they fucked him up since they drafted him. I'm just there's just so much to do, and you still got other running backs you're gonna have to fill. There, there's so much to do that creating the hole strategically from a team building standpoint. Doesn't make any sense. Now, I will say that Mike brought up a good point that I hadn't thought of on last week's podcast about using that money to to have to sign your draft class and to have in-season moves, a little slush fund for in-season moves and maybe even a rollover for next year's cap. But you still need more money. You still need to restructure Lawan, Kevin Byard, possibly Ryan Tannehill again, which will freak everybody the fuck out, which I'm here for because I love chaos. You still got uh, Derek Henry that you got to do, unless I've already said Derek Henry, and I just don't remember. But you got other people you got to restructure because you have to get a wide receiver. Who is this wide receiver? Is it Aaron Rob or Allen Robinson? Is it Jarvis Landry, which people irrationally hate and don't understand that people change over time and that they got along really, really well? You can see it in the video. 2018, something happened in 2018. They where they. Showed a butt cheek to each other yeah. at one point. Jarvis Landry went completely scorched earth on the Miami Dolphins. And I am telling you right now, after playing with Baker Mayfield, it doesn't matter if they didn't make up at the Pro Bowl, which I'm pretty sure that they did. After playing with Baker Mayfield I, and seeing what Ryan Tannehill has done in the last few years, I'm sure they could bury the hatchet and put things to the side. It doesn't fucking matter someone's going to come in and fill that wide receiver two spot. It's not going to be Nick, Nick Westbrook, Akine, and someone's going to come in and either in the draft or whatever, and be the wide receiver three. At, at this point, it sucks from a strategic standpoint of trying to build a roster and free agency and trying to limit needs in the draft, but it will be all right. Because if you truly trust in J Rob, you'll understand it's all right. I understand that you may not like. I don't like the Julio Jones move. I think it's just, I mean, you're talking about a guy they gave a second and a fourth up for that they have cut. Yeah. A fourth in next year's draft that they have cut. Props to J-Rob for admitting mistakes, but, and it was a good, this not to say that this trade was not good at the time. It was very good at the time. And it's, that's a bad, in hindsight, and that's how you have to grade trades because you have to see how the trades work out, right? In hindsight, it is a bad trade. And that's okay. But I still trust that J-Rob's going to overcorrect or correct his, the mistakes, just like I 
I know I joke that Anthony Ferkser is going to be on this team, and God, I hope that he is. <laughs> but I really don't truly believe that Anthony Ferkser is going to be on this team. There, there's a certain amount of, you know, sarcasm in my tweets where I don't really, you know, you know, believe that Anthony Ferkser is going to get paid $4.5 million fully guaranteed, right? <laughs> it's a joke. It's try to lighten the mood because everybody's so fucking serious and they, they, they hate this team and all this stuff like, Give me a break. I mean, I I truly trust in J-Rob, even though, and that's something that I think this whole podcast has been from the get-go since J-Rob got hired, even though if I don't understand or agree with his moves, I know that the Titans will rebound and they'll at least be a winning team. How many other GMs can you say that about? Two questions before we let you all go. You've been uh, been good sticking around. How long have we even been talking? I feel like we've been talking for forever. We've, we've been on for sixty five minutes. Oh so shit! We, well, that's not too bad. No, we've put in we've put in a good show for the people. I feel like. Um, what is this? It, it just just a handful of days in a free agency. Number one, how do you feel about the safety of Taylor Wan now? I, I think Taylor Wan's fine. He. Yeah. I would be shocked if John Robinson creates a third hole on this offensive line. I mean, just based Taylor on the, no, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Just the little transaction detail I've gotten to see a lot of O-line moves. People are out there really looking for O-line people. Yeah. I, I think that he still gets restructured or extended. If the Titans need that money for say an Allen Robinson, that's where you go to first. In my opinion, that's, that's how I would approach it. Okay. And I'm for hire uh, Titans. Like if you want to hire me to help with your contracts or help with negotiating, I can do that. I can do that for you. The key to that is to put out an account nobody reads and just tweet it all day. Boom. Yeah. So um, number two, what does this tell you about Titans draft strategy? Yes, I'm that asshole asking you that six weeks out from the draft. Right now, just the picture that you see that we provided, what are the Titans going after in the draft first? Right, uh, first couple of picks. I would go round one wide receiver. I'd go round two or round three. I'd go round one wide receiver trade back. Round three, I would go tight end, and round four, I would do – no, round three, I would do offensive lineman, and round three, I would do your tight end and maybe another wide receiver. Did I do that right? Last, three, four? Three, four. My last oh, question for you, just to throw in a third, because I said I had two. Um, we spent the opening of this podcast trashing fans for overreacting about John Robinson. If X doesn't happen by the draft, what's going to make Zach Lyons overreact Ooh. about John Robinson? Ooh, what would push me over later. the hedge? Uh, if John Robinson signs both Anthony Ferkser, Rashawn Evans, and doesn't uh, sign a competent wide receiver, that would push me over the edge, I think. That's fair. That's a that fair that would be a vocal tweet that says, what the fuck are you doing <laughs> I, I mean, do not fa- understand it that's a fair list do you see that i mean realistically do you see the titans going into the draft with only one tight end signed no 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 i mean and, no and way listen now, right and this is coming from a guy who if they decided to trade derrick henry i kind of would understand it like i'm not i know other people would fucking flip the shit out oh, yes i think the only untouchable person on this roster is aj brown so anybody else is fair game, in my opinion. And I know that's a little bit crazy, and maybe you know people are going to get up in arms about it, but that's just how I feel. I mean, when you really look at it, this team needs a wide receiver so bad. And you still got tight ends. You still got Gerald Everett, you know Tyler Conklin, 
Austin Hooper's out there. Wide receiver, you have Juju Smith-Schuster, Will Fuller, who knows everybody, Jameson Crowder, Jarvis Landry, Allen Robinson, Odell Beckham is still out there. And then you still got offensive linemen like Billy Turner, Trent Brown, and Darrell Williams, even though Trent Brown is about to, uh, I think he is visiting with the Seahawks. And then the you still have Eric Flowers, who just got uh, released from the Washington football team. There, there's just so much left and so much talent still out there. I think that John Robson tricks everybody into basically freaking out that he signed a few guys on the cheap just to do it. Like, I just feel like, I feel like right now, John Robson is literally trolling everybody. If the Titans, if the Titans, if the Titans roster at any point is Ryan Tannehill, AJ Brown, blanket running back because they've traded Derek Henry, I swear to God, we're going to have to put out a podcast somehow just, it, just a supplemental podcast of in music for people to kind of relax, not throw the toaster and the bats up with them. Yeah. We'll need one of those uh, ma- the, when you're getting a massage, we need one of those like, uh, you know, Japanese, Chinese, um, you know, geisha music thing. Oh yes, absolutely. You got, you need the, like the, the subtle waterfall in the back. You're exactly right. This fan base will come apart full on nuke the moon. Um, it's been an hour and 10 minutes. Whoa. Stuck with us whoa. What? So Von Miller just signed with the Bills. Oh, this is wild. I can't believe I'm about to read this out loud. All right. A six-year, $120 million deal, according to Ian Rappaport. With the Bills, a six-year, $120 million for Von Miller. Oh, shit. That is wild. Von Miller is... 32 years old. So he's not much younger than me. That is, that is outrageous. That's $20 million a year. That's more than, Hey, listen, I thought Harold Landry was an overpay. Oh, this is an overpay. Holy shit. Six years, 17 and a half million a year. Damn. Buffalo is going after it. Through the first four years, the deal averages the 17.5, but most importantly, Von Miller to the Bills. That's not most importantly. That is is outrageous. I mean, that's that's a lot of of change. That's a lot of of Buffalo wings. Shitty shitty Buffalo um, wings you can get anywhere, by the way. For a podcast that you're already going to have to absorb all this knowledge, you're going to know it going in. That's it's kind of what it's like having a little bit of breaking news. If, you, across your microphone if, right if you've lasted this long, say Buffalo wings from Buffalo are overrated. Do you, do you know how many tweets I got? What was it that that Austin wanted people to tweet? Planes, me? Something, about something about like planes, bread planes or bu- pickle planes, plane, or pickle plane, pickle plane. I, I, I had more people tweet me pickle plane than I was expecting. That was actually kind of wild but we we love you all for listening to that one and i'm gonna cut the mics off now because we're not gonna shut up we don't it's football and other efforts we always appreciate you tuning in i know i said earlier that we don't give a shit if you share it with people i kind of lied <laughs> i do want you to share it with people we enjoy recording this to so share it with other people like rate review subscribe tell people that you listen to us football and other words. you have just been effed
Broadway Sports Media Production.